You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Big Brother and the Holding Company, Cheap Thrills. In the room, I have Rob, yes, sir. John, <gasps> and Ben. <clears throat> Cheap Thrills is a studio album by American rock band Big Brother and the Holding Company. It was released August 12, 1968 on Columbia Records. It was produced by John Simon, and the genre is blues rock, psychedelic rock, acid rock. Formed in the 1965 San Francisco psychedelic scene, Big Brother and The Holding Company quickly rose to fame for their exciting live performances and the charismatic 22-year-old Texan singer named Janis Joplin. The 1968 album Cheap Drills was initially planned as a live album. The band recorded two concerts at Grand Ballroom in Detroit, but the results did not satisfy the producer John Simon nor the manager Albert Grossman. The live album was scrapped, and Columbia decided to re-record most of the songs in the studio. Recording was slow, however, as the band found it difficult to adapting their raw sound to the studio setting and fought with producer John Simon. Cheap Thrills, shortened from Sex Dope and Cheap Thrills at the label's request, became a huge success, reaching number one on the Billboard charts in October, and it kept the top spot for eight non-consecutive weeks. Critics praised the raw sound of the guitar-driven rock and were in awe of Janis Joplin's intense vocal delivery. AllMusic's William Ruhlman hailed Cheap Thrills as Joplin's greatest moment and said it sounded like a, quote, a musical time capsule today and remains a showcase for one of rock's most distinctive singers. All right, what do we think of Cheap Thrills? Here's a hot take. Boo. Oh, jeez. Okay. Boo. Uh, Rob's booing. Oh, I, I was just... Sorry, I was trying to steal your thunder. Okay. No, no, that's fine. Hot take. Um, you, you, you said that uh, uh, that they struggled in the studio and that they clashed with the producer. I hear that. Yeah, it's not well recorded. Uh, if if this had actually been a live album, it would have been a decently recorded live album. But it's not. It's one of those albums that tries to trick you into thinking it's a live album with like crowd noise and like an MC introducing the band and stuff. Uh, but it but it's not a live album. And if it's not a live album, I, I love like raw studio energy. But at the end of the day, it's just not that well recorded for being done in a studio in a controlled environment. You can you can capture a live energy and not sound sloppy and unprofessional. Uh, 
I think that I don't think it's a bad band. Uh, I, I, and I think that Janis Joplin is deservedly a legend. Uh, and this album has some good songs on it. It ju- it kind of just falls short of my expectations for what I thought that Cheap Thrills by Big Brother and Holding Company was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like a fucking pipe bomb of blues rock. And, you know, it, it's they're tearing it up. They're 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 doing their thing, and I'm sure that if I ever had the chance to like be in like a like a dank club and and see Big Brother and a Holding Company, I'm sure I would be a convert. I'm sure that like Janice live and the band live, I'm sure that was a, a hell of an experience. But recorded on like like pressed to wax, it's not spontaneous enough to be a good live album because it's not live, and it's not recorded or rehearsed well enough to be a good studio album. To, is, is is my hot take. I don't think it's bad. I just don't think that it achieves what it was going out for. Yeah, apparently they struggled on large stages and small dank clubs is where they thrived and and you can tell. No, it sounds like, it sounds like we're listening to it in our headphones right now. If I was in like a 150 capacity bar seeing the show, I, I guarantee I'd be, I, I, I'd be like beside myself. I'd be loving it. But like, if you can't if you can't do it on a big stage and you also can't do it on an album, you know it's just my opinion that they can't do it on an album. I'm sure I'm sure that there's... I hear that though. I hear yeah. that they it kind of maybe they wanted it to sound a little more live, a little rougher, a little yeah. rawer, and this just doesn't present that. Yeah, they they, they 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 very well may have been able to. They didn't though. Mm-hmm. They do and, have and and for this to get the accolades that it receives by being being neither a live or be a well-recorded studio <laughs> record mm-hmm. simply because if if Joplin had lived no one would have given a flying fuck about this record oh there's Period. a piece of my heart though no who yeah she has two classic cares? songs on here at this point i would rather fucking stick a screwdriver in my ear than fucking have to listen to Turtle Piece Blues? of my heart. Or, oh, fucking. I would rather listen to Irma Franklin, honestly. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. Or Aretha. I can't get behind well, it. Irma Franklin recorded Piece of My Heart. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that she was Aretha's sister until, yeah. like, yesterday. There is one live song on this album. Yeah. Which is Ball and Chain. Ball and Chain. And it's not that great. It doesn't, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make you say, oh, I see where they it, were going. But it it's just, builds. It's a meandering blues rock It song. builds up over time, you know. It, it does have that live sense that if you see them, if you watch their live stuff, that have some live footage, she, like, that that was her sort of gift of, like, doing this tension with the audience and building greater and greater throughout the song. And so I kind of understand that being the last song and kind of yeah. getting bigger and bigger as the song goes goes along. I'm I'm glad they included at least one actual yeah, live song. I would have felt so cheated. Because if I knew if I knew if I knew nothing about Janis Joplin or Big Brother and Holding Company and just listened to this record and someone told me that this was a studio album, I would hear this record and be like, "Oh, well, this is a band that should be experienced live." You know, like this is a a band like recording in the studio is not their wheelhouse. Their wheelhouse is being drunk and like letting their heart out on stage. You know, so, which, which most blues I think is. Yeah, but there's also really good blues studio albums. <laughs> uh, so I'm, 
I wasn't that into Ball and Chain, but I was glad that there's at least one example of them actually being a live band on this record. It's so much pain. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could help me. No more comments, right? I, I it <laughs> got, some, got some all well, caps notes there. Rob. No, it, no, the, uh, the op- a, opening track. It's a good up tempo rocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need Amanda Love shows that she has like some like good soul behind her, but that soul is just a. 3,000 year old whiskey bottle that's been chain smoking since it was born, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. It, it, it's a sound, but as soon as summertime hits, it fucking like, uh. So we, we had a, we had one rocker. We opened up with a rocker, then all of a sudden just fucking like bam, 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 just slowing it down, slowing it down. And then it gets to that point where every time I fucking go see, or every time I'm forced, Every time I'm in a, in a position <laughs> to listen to uh, any sort of blues rock, there becomes a point in time where I'm just like, my eyes start rolling into the back of my head because it's the same fucking thing over and over and over again. And yes, it's well-worn territory. And yes, I know there's a difference between good blues and bad blues. And I just, I can't deal with it. And, you know, yeah, sure. Peace of my heart. Cool song. I don't ever want to hear it again. Like, I've heard it so many fucking times. The artwork on the cover, mm-hmm. wonderful. But then when I saw that little fucking, like, Frisco Hells Angels thing in the corner, like, it just showed me that the Hells Angels are just that fucking lame that they would like this in the fucking first place. The whole thing uh, it sucks. Was, it was part of that it whole scene, though. sucks! And I hate it! And I... <clears throat> I want the 60s to be over. Right. I fucking hate this. Like, unfortunately, when you're talking about the late 60s San Francisco counterculture scene, the that you're going to also be talking about Hell's Angels. Yeah, and, just and, like, they and were this part is, of this is terrible music, and they are <laughs> so cool. And at the time, yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and they're oh. shitty people who Dude. like shitty things. Altamont's right around the corner, Rob. Fucking set it on fire, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have fucking stabbed someone in the fucking face too at Altamont yeah. at this point. Well, when this think, music sucks. Well, when you're thinking, <laughs> who, fucking sucks. Who are the best friends of the Hell's Angels at this time? Is the Grateful Dead and Big Brother and the Holding Company because they used to do benefits for them when there would be, you know, uh, a, an injured or dead. Uh, patch holder like I think apparently they got uh, close uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company got close with the Hells Angels when they did a benefit for a guy named Chocolate George Chocolate George is a tight name if if it's because he has a sweet tooth (laughs) 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 then you know that dude is hard as fuck (laughs) Uh, so what do you think about Janis Joplin though Rob What, what would you say I say that she has a very unique voice, and she gives 
she can give a killer performance. She is someone that can can really let that emotion flow out in a, yeah, in, in a performance. I, I, I would have jumped ship on this band immediately after this turd came out, too, and got on to my solo thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which kind of what she did. did. Yeah, yeah. I did think that some of the guitar playing was, was pretty tight. I mean, the solos actually go somewhere. They don't just, you know, go round and round. Um, I mean, we got some players on this album for sure. And I did like the, there were some contrast between lead and rhythm guitars. Some were using distortion, the other was using fuzz. And it had a nice combination, good tone. It didn't mm-hmm. do them a service that this sound doesn't sound as good as it could. Because they're good players, uh, and it could have could have been something not, more special than than it is now. Yeah, what? not not to sound sorry, not to sound like a complete bastard on the uh, the Joplin front. Um, I don't think that she shines nearly as bright as on other recordings. Um, and I actually I was preferring it when she wasn't taking lead on this this entire record, which is fucked up. Because the only reason why we're listening to this record is because of her, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I honestly I think she shines better on uh, on other recordings. So, call. Me. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> it, it is my job, apparently. I, I think <laughs> you are on point with a a at the time Rolling Stone reviewer of this album who said something along the lines of you know uh, it's not the best recorded, and Janice shines on her prior mainstream releases. It's not on this album. So yeah. I, you're not you're not wrong according to Rolling Stone. One thing that I actually find charming about uh, this album and Big Brother and the Holding Company is the backing vocals of the rest of the band, especially on uh, "Peace of My Heart," because you can tell they're not they're not off pitch, but they are obviously not professionally trained singers. It's like it's like uh, like I know how to play bass pretty good and I can sing okay. He's like take it, <laughs> and I like. <laughs> I will never be able to hear that. <laughs> I, I, find, I find it actually really endearing. I, like, yeah, I, I, I love the backing vocals. On I like the I like the way Big Brother and the Holding Company sings. Janis Joplin's the front person, but I find the backing vocals endearing. <laughs> I, did, uh, I thought that the same thing. I kind of found that their just willingness to have a little bit of a you know, sloppy playing or singing or, you know, off key singing a little and yeah, more endearing because it's like they're, they wanted to uh, have that live sound mm-hmm. uh, in the studio as well. Like, so this is Columbia. Cool. They, they could have brought in singers. Oh yeah. You know, but they didn't. Nope. So, and I, and I appreciate that. I think a lot of that had to do though with the band fighting with the producer who said, you don't understand our sound. This is us. And not having a you know a big production. Uh, real qu- quick question: uh, What's that thing where when you hear like a certain song, like it, it takes you back to a point, and there's a smell memory? What, what is that? Smell sense memory? memory? Uh, smellery. Uh, is it just o- sense o- memory or o- olfactory? Uh, olfactory like, uh, nostalgia. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, though. Well, like, Fart what, sense. Uh, just, just for example, like when I hear uh, Weezer's Blue album, I smell chlorine and from the pool, and mm-hmm. I also smell like my old car. So when I when I hear this, I'm trying to figure out the ratio of butthole to patchouli <laughs> that is currently filling my brain nostrils because I it's a lot. 
It's a lot. It's a heady. It's a heady, <laughs> musty smell. I yeah, think, I would think more of whatsky and sweat. Well, it's a, lot. It's a variety of a thick, so, matted stank. As yeah. a person associates it with butthole patchouli, you know, from mid '90s hippie dim, from mid '90s like probably Grateful Dead t-shirts. Oh, I think there, there I see. classmates, some, like high school classmates, some yeah. very yeah. large corduroy jinko jeans, <laughs> a really gross, ratty dread, yeah, butthole and patchouli. Has a the, single big dread. <laughs> one, one very large dread. Let's talk real quick about the art. Love it. Art Crumb, man. Yeah, Art Crumb. Killer uh, front cover art. They wanted to do a them a photo of them naked in a bed, uh, and then a picture of Janice, and that kind of got denied by the label, but I think they made the right choice. But Janice said Art Crumb is where it's at, and it's very cool. When they denied the, the semi-nude photo, what they were going to do was do the portrait of Janice on the front, and Art Crumb was... He was under the impression that he was designing the back cover, which is why it's got all like the track titles and stuff. And then when Janice saw it, she goes, oh, no, this is the front cover. Just put the picture of me on the back. So he inadvertently designed the front cover. And, you know, the right choice was made all around. You know? I think so. He's yeah. Iconic artist. Some of his depictions of of people wouldn't really pass the 2018 test, but I don't know. I just want to like our crown. Like, I don't know if I just want to chalk that up to you know a different time. Uh, I mean, a lot of that though is a is a Inten- commentary. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Intentional. it's an intentional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not perpetuating. It. No, he's no. calling attention. He's to calling him. attention to yeah. how America sees. Um, Unlike Af- African tra- Australia's tra- like a Charlie Hebdo of, type thing. Yeah, like he's a. All right. How do we feel about it though? They can suck a butt, man. Yeah, not, I think Rob's on the negative. Not, not what do you think, it. John? Neg. Negative? I mean, Janice is amazing, but you can hear her elsewhere. Mm, I'm going to go neutral on it. I don't have that much more to say about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> album I, cover's cool. Check out the album cover. I think, oh. I'm, I think I'm on the neutral as well. I don't think I'd... Yeah. It's just not my type of music, but I do appreciate some of the songs. I get the guitar playing... Uh, in her voice is is pretty cool. It introduced something that, for being in the San Francisco scene, I mean this is this is pretty cool uh, stuff. Uh, I felt kind of the same way with Jefferson Airplane, where it was it's a little different. It doesn't stray too far into the hippy dippy kind of uh, just being weird for weird sake. It still has a very cohesive structure, and the, the songs are uh, there's some good songs. If, it, it had to have had some sort of intrinsic quality to it because it sold a million copies at release. Well, I, 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 and I just couldn't find that intrinsic value. I was looking for it. I was like, oh, what is this it, thing I think it was that's, probably it's, Jan- it's Janice. Janice. Yeah. 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 If you I had mean, never heard Janice and that was well, the, the... Yeah. And this is coming, this is coming hot on the, on the tail of the 67 Monterey Pop Fest right. where it exposed, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people were there, but she made a good... If you, if you hadn't heard... 
her sing before, she made a pretty good first impression. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the song "Piece of My Heart." I think it is a classic rock song. Aside from being a classic rock song, uh, had had "Piece of My Heart" been either an original or a vast improvement on the original, I would have. It would have been enough to give this album a positive for me. But it's not an original. And the original's also really good, and they don't really change all that much. It's, it, they just kind of blues it up a little bit. Uh, so it's not enough to really elevate it from a neutral to a positive for me. Like The, 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 the Irma Franklin version of, of Peace of My Heart shreds just as hard. Yeah, I can see that. All right, that'll do it for this one. Next time we'll be talking about the United States of America the United States of America. <laughs> uh, self-titled album. Where are they from? The United, the United States, States of America. America. <laughs> All right, thanks, y'all.